I'm Carlo, Carlo Pietro Sanfilippo, and this is my podcast. With this project, I want to explore the means, methods, tools, and examples of living on purpose, living the life we want, doing the things that light us up, things that make us feel like we're alive, growing, making a difference, and enjoying the process along the way. Welcome to It's the Journey. So in today's episode, you know, we're going to see a wonderful example of this with Nancy Erickson, aka the book professor. Uh, it was really through Nancy's thorough and thoughtful process that um, I was able to pull that book out of myself. And I was so, so happy when she said that she wanted to come on and talk to me about her journey and her process as well. Um, and you'll see a theme in, in, in my life and things I want to talk about, about having, having the right coaches and teachers in our lives, whether that's someone you're working with directly or watching their, watching their videos or reading their books can save years and years of hard work. And that's exactly what my experience was with Nancy. I followed her process. I listened to her. I trusted her. And at the end, in a surprisingly short period of time, I had a book. So without further ado, let's meet the book professor. Good morning and welcome, Nancy. Good morning. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So um, what I wanted to do is kind of do like a little introduction of who you are. And I've had so many friends and people asking me like, you know, oh, you wrote a book? How'd you do that? And so instead of me explaining over and over again, like, what my process was. I thought it'd be fun to talk about my process and experience with you and then other ways that you work with people because the way I did it is not the way everybody does it. Also. Correct. And then also then your your journey to becoming the book professor. Sure. Because I thought that would be, it's a really, I, I know, and I just know, I don't even know all of it. So I know the little bit I know is intriguing. So I wanted to dig into that more. So I thought that would be fun. All right. So cool. So I guess big picture, Nancy. So like you, uh, you are a writing coach, the book professor, right? Correct. And uh, you're an author, a speaker, and you've been a professor and teacher. Correct. Okay, yes. cool. And so uh, I'll just talk about how, like, how our paths crossed uh, and then what we did together and then how you help other people. Sure. Well, uh, I, I believe somebody referred you to me that I was working with. Yes. And then that's how we met. So that happens a lot. I get, have a lot of referrals from people who are engaged in one manner or another of writing their book. So um, I kind of have to go back and tell a little bit of a backstory if that's okay. Um, my original career was in high tech and I sold high-end software for IBM and Oracle corporations. And so I was calling on, on the C-suites and I'm very technology versed. I have a deep background in that. And so I, you know, and I was making a ton of money, like multiple six figures a year and I hated it. I Hated it. Every morning I would wake up and I would be like, oh, there was an elephant sitting on my chest. And it was like, I couldn't, I just woke up in anxiety. I couldn't sleep well because I had anxiety. And it, it came from these multi-million dollar quotas that I had as a salesperson. And 
the extreme pressure to get things done, even if it was a little bit not kosher, I guess I would say. Yeah. The main drive was the dollars. And that's what drove the companies that I worked for. And I, I could do it. And there's, you know, here's the truth about things. A lot, which you found too, Carlo, a lot of times you can do things pretty well and you still hate them, Yeah, you know? And if you have enough education and talent, you can do perform a lot of different roles, but it doesn't mean that you like it or that it has a very fulfilling life. And so I was really, really unhappy in this, but I was trapped by the money. Yeah. And so I, something happened and... Um, that changed my course, which was really my pivotal moment, is that my father was diagnosed with a terminal brain tumor. And we knew he would only live about seven months. So I quit everything. I and went to be with my folks. They lived in Florida at the time. And I went and tag teamed with my sister to, so that someone was always there with him until my dad passed away. And so, um, I, I, you know, obviously it was the best use of my time. And I never thought about that as being a moment where I would change careers, but that's what facilitated it. So I came back home and I thought, oh, now what am I going to do? I don't have a job. Yeah. And I was in the fortunate position that my kids were in college and we had already provided for all the funding for their college education. And so I suddenly had this freedom. I didn't need to make $400,000 a year. Yeah. I, I could do what I you know, was more inclined to do. But I was so, had been so trapped in this life that I didn't really know what I liked anymore. And so I just started thinking, I thought, well, you know, when I was younger, I really liked to write. And I had some things published when I was young and all sorts of stuff. I thought, well, maybe I'll just take a writing class to brush up on my, you know, writing skills. So when I started looking at writing classes at the universities around St. Louis, I thought, well, I've already done that. You know, that's part of my undergraduate (laughs) degree. So what I ended up doing is I went back to school and got a master's degree, a master's of fine arts in writing. And I specialized in nonfiction. So I, and when I walked into school that first day and I sat in the class, all of a sudden, it's like the birds were singing and the <laughs> sun was shining and everything was my perfect world because I absolutely came alive. Wow. Every cell in my body, I loved it. And so I, I went to school. It was like two years around the clock to get my degree. And when I graduated um, from Lindenwood University, they asked me to join the faculty to teach writing. Yeah. And so um, I did that as I, and I also started my, the publishing house that I own and operate Stonebrook Publishing. And so I, and I wanted to spe- publish nonfiction books because I felt like this is, I was observing some, and this was in like 2009. Okay. So I'm observing some things around me and I'm thinking, you know what? It seems like we have so many problems in our world that we don't know how to name, you know, name them anymore, much less solve them. But I had this kind of inner knowing thing that I was following, although I didn't know I was following it at the time. It was just kind of leading me into one small step after another. And I was 
Like, but I'm pretty convinced that we could solve all our problems that the answers are trapped inside of everyday people. Yeah. And if they could just tell their story, tell what they know, what they've learned, what they've gleaned, what they've observed, and get that message out into the world, then we could really change lives, save lives, and transform society. So I kind of got hooked on this tagline for what we do, and that's it. We, as the book professor, where I'm helping ushering people to write their nonfiction books. We do, we work with authors whose material will either save lives, change lives, or transform society, which is what we also publish through Stonebrook Publishing. Wow. So, um, you know, and it kind of evolved kind of a one step at a time. And it reminds me of your book, Carlo, where you talk about follow the fun and just do the next thing that presents itself. And then all of a sudden I walked into a new life that is, incredibly fulfilling. Um, It's, you know, I love it. And it's, I'm uniquely gifted, I think, not only because of my education, but because of my life experiences. Yeah, I work with a lot of high-end business people that if I hadn't hung out in the C-suites for 15 years, I wouldn't know what executives talk about or how they think or what's even important to them. Right. But because I've had that experience myself, I you know, I get it, you know, and I can advise them on their books. Okay. I've got so many questions now. <laughs> so, um, so first, like, um, it sounds like that, that transition between your father passing and having that pause of work just gave you the space to, to know, like, I don't want to do that anymore. So maybe, were you thinking that before, but maybe afraid to let it go? No, I wasn't really, I knew I, I knew I didn't like it. I knew I didn't, and that I was trapped. I was not actively thinking about how do I get out of this at all? Because had it not been for this, you know, cataclysmic event, I, I don't think I would have had the courage to to do that. Or maybe I would have when I got miserable enough, mm-hmm. but it was, I was, literally trapped by the money. Yeah. I was afraid to not do it because I thought, well, first of all, you don't think you, you know, you kind of think, I don't know if I can do anything else. Right. You know? Or my whole career has been in, you know, high tech. You know? That, that so identity. It's an identity, but it's also a thought pattern, you know, um, in that that's how I um, had made my living, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ever. Since I graduated college, so. Was it, um, do you remember the, do you remember the moment where you're like, I'm done with that and I'm going well, when to when I came back and I was thinking, okay, now I have to do something with my time and to earn money. I, I knew, I thought, well, I'm damn well not doing that. I know I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. I don't care if I flip hamburgers at McDonald's. I am not doing that anymore. It is not worth it for me to feel the way I felt every day. And to have the panic and the, you know, there was a gal that was in the office next to me when um, close to the end of my tech career. And that, you know, you have, I don't know if salespeople have quotas and they're serious about them. Mm -hmm. You make your quota or you're out. Yeah. And also, you know, salespeople are on commission. So you make your quota or you don't make money. Right. So um, anyway, every year at the end of our fiscal year in her, so she would lose huge patches of her hair would fall out where she had these bald spots all over. And I thought, this is not worth it. 
this is not worth it. Yeah. And I didn't have that, but I couldn't sleep. And I was in ultra anxiety all the time. And it's just not worth it. Yeah. And I didn't know it wasn't worth it until I had that seven months where I didn't have that. And I was, I had another kind of stress because I was, you know, bonding with my dad before he died, you know, but, yeah. uh, but when I came back, it was like kind of a clean slate, you know? And, um, I, I had never in my life thought about going back to school. Yeah. Never, ever, 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 ever. But when I got there, I felt whole again. And, you know, it's writing. So we had write, we wrote all the time and I just felt, I felt it just brought me so much joy. That's so awesome. This, so um, um, for me, as you know, and, and the story I told is that kind of the death, the death of my parents not only saw, helped me see what I did and didn't like, but it also made me think about just life in general, like the brevity of life and thinking about things that they did or didn't do and wanted to do. Was it, was there any of that in play as well, maybe, or? No, I didn't really, it really wasn't that. It, it was that I'm the kind of person that I get really, um, um, energized by accomplishment. And so when I could help other people go through this whole process of writing a book and have something, it was like, okay, so I have to tell you a cute story about you. That's okay. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> at the end, at the end of um, when, you know, you came over to pick up your copy of your book and my husband was in his front office looking out the window when you pulled up and you said, I think he was on the phone or something for a while. Cause he kind of sat out there for a while and he said, and then when he got out of the car, he said he practically ran to the front door. <laughs> and I just, and I can't tell you how much that delights me because it's like, I get to help people fulfill a dream of theirs. And we, you know, you do most of the work, but we do it together. And it's just, it's, quite invigorating for me moments like that. I, I gotta say you're, you're, you've got a great combination of being a, you know, the professor coach is a great title because you have a great combination of the technical skill and then the, the motivational skills to kind of help, help at least from, from how it helped me. And obviously you help other people, but like just helping me at the pace I needed to go, pushing me when I needed to be pushed and giving me space when I needed space. So uh, let's talk, why don't we talk a little bit about how we did that, how okay. we approached it? Because you hired me to be your, what I call a one-to-one -one coach. Yes. And that's one way I work with people. I also work with people in group masterminds. Mm -hmm. So um, in the one-on-one -on -one coaching, we had several sessions where um, we were actually on Zoom before Zoom was famous. Before it was cool. Yeah, before Zoom was <laughs> before COVID, yes. And um, we went through a series of foundational questions to help you crystallize the message of your book. And you came to me, you said, I want to do a podcast. And I'm like, well, I don't do podcasts, but I can help you structure something that you can, from which you can launch a podcast. Yes. And so... Um, we spent several uh, sessions figuring out what was the essence of your message, your book or your podcast, whatever it is, they're all the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then 
we mapped out the entire contents of your book in what I call book maps, which is a visual representation of everything that's going to be in your book. And so we spent a lot of time doing that and developing these maps. And then when we were finished with that part, see, and the book maps are so essential because they really are intended to help you. um, it, It really accelerates your writing process because and prevents writer's block because when people have writer's block, it's just because they're sitting there and they don't know what they're going to write about. Right. But when you have these book maps, it's all there. You've got every story you're going to tell, every object lesson, everything you're going to communicate is in your book map. <coughs> Excuse me. So then you would write a chapter and then you would send it to me and I would edit it while you were writing the next chapter. And we just kind of continued that dance where... Right sending and working and sending and working and stuff until we had the full, all the chapters finished. And then I went through and did another comprehensive edit to, to weave everything together. Right. And um, so that process takes about a year. Mm-hmm. And um, I think you had a, some changes in your business that you need to step back for a period of time, but um, usually it takes about a year. Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, and so, yeah, that's, uh, I remember it was very quickly between when, uh, I was introduced to you by Jeff from Jeff Morris, mutual friend. And, uh, and then you and I spoke and then we told me about your one-on-one thing and I knew that's what I needed. I felt like that's what I needed and it worked, it worked out really well. And just to like your process, I, I thought about a book for a lot of years and I just didn't know where to start. And your process really, I really, I've said it, I've said this before. It felt like it pulled it out of me. The questions you asked. I'm I'm really glad to hear you say that because that's what it's designed to do. And most people, I I think most people have thought about writing a book at some point. Very few do what you've done and finish. But for most people, one of the big barriers is how do I start? Mm -hmm. What do I do? When people start with just writing, I call it the write first method. They just sit down and start writing. There's nothing wrong with that. But usually what happens is they find out they don't have any direction or any structure for their book. Right. So they don't know what to do with it. And it ends up being a jumbled mess. That was exactly when I was thinking about the podcast a few years ago, a friend of mine kept trying to help me hone in on the message and it was just too broad. And they suggested, right. well, maybe I'll write a book. And then luckily Jeff knew you and you had that process because yeah, once once we got done with that roadmap, I was blown away at how easy it was to write a chapter. Well, and even if you think from the beginning when you came to me, it's like you you wanted to write a book about the transformation that you'd been through, but you weren't really able to articulate it. So you only said things, well, I grew a beard and I made furniture, you know? <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know if that's really a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I went through some troubled times and then I grew a beard and I made my own <laughs> furniture. <laughs> well, Which is true. Yeah. But there's so much more to it now. Well, and part of it, and I, and that's what's curious about other how, if everyone goes through this, I, I always knew the story I wanted to tell, but as you as you know, like the story's vulnerable and I didn't feel comfortable saying it. I didn't feel comfortable writing it. I didn't feel comfortable sharing all those things. It took yeah, it really it took really- it took it took a, there were times when I would after I was done writing, I would be exhausted for exhausted. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, and the type of book that you're writing is really a transformational book, Carlo, your book is. And um, it does take a lot out, out of you. But wherever type of nonfiction people are writing, you have to be vulnerable. You have to let your audience see who you are or else you can't help them. We do a lot of business books. And with these business leaders, I'm stressing to them, I'm not saying air all your dirty laundry, but let them know who you are Mm -hmm. because you can't help anybody if they don't know who you are. And things have changed. Nobody wants to read a book that tells them to do this and that and this and that. That's like somebody standing at the front of a classroom and lecturing to you, you know? Right. But you share a bit of your life and show them how you got to be where you are now in a better place than where you were before. And how they can do the same. It's encouraging. And the way that it's kind of like the same way about how um, leadership has changed in the last 50 years. Or management styles in at work. You can't just stand in front of your employees and tell them what to do anymore. That doesn't work. Right. Or if you want employees that doesn't work, they'll go somewhere else where they're valued. Right. Where they are trusted to use their brains and their education and their own instincts to perform a job. So it's kind of the same way with your reader. You have to respect your reader and share enough about yourself so that they respect you for where you are and can actually learn from you. But it's a lot like standing naked in front of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, th- and it was <clears throat> that first step was putting it on quote paper i was typing it of course on my computer but then and then sharing it with you but then when you gave me that final manuscript i had about 48 hours where i was like i can't i can't put this into the world this is too much and it was it was i had a really kind of like come to terms with like no no that's what this is all about and i'm Well, it's interesting because that you had that experience and I'm not surprised because we work together one-on-one. The other, the actually most popular way that I work with people is in group masterminds. So we have a cohorts of like five to seven people who are writing their books at the same time and going through the process that I led you through. But what they're doing on the, we have weekly calls and they read their work to each other. And so during that time, they're really getting their writer's feet firmly solid. They're getting good feedback. And because they'll say things like, I don't really think I should know if I should put that in their book. And people go, are you kidding? That's the best part about this. Yeah. You have to put that. And, and to get to start building that, that confidence so that before your book is released to the world, they wanted some feedback. But in, with my one-on-one clients, you're getting feedback from me all along, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, t- I'm telling you, Carlo, your book is a miracle. It is outstanding. It is definitely a change agent for people that change their lives and can save lives, transform society. It performs all those things. But often what happens is for the writer is that this is like, this is like the only life I have and they don't know how powerful it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, thank yeah, thank you for saying that. Uh, and when you when you, it was funny the first time you told me that that's the kind of authors you help, 
it, it, did you disqualify yourself? Did you oh, sort of. Out? I'm like, can I do that? Well, first of all, Nancy thinks I can. Can I? And then it, then it was like a whole process of like just learning to to, to feel comfortable enough to actually write it down because that that was that was hard. It was it was. Well, that, you know what? And that's what's so good about. And I know you were so good about getting coaches for things that you really want to learn, and you've hired many of them. And that's why yep. you're so proficient in so many things. But when people come to me and they tell me in the first phone call, seriously, I can see the end game. I can see it. I can see it all the way through wow. to the fifth line and what the book will do. And I don't know why I can do that. I just can't. And that's why, I mean, I would tell somebody if I didn't think they, their book was a good idea. And I have done that for people who just wanted to write. I'll tell you what I don't work with. People who want to write gotcha books, like they're revenging against somebody. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not having any part of that. And, and so... Um, and there's people who want to do that, you know. Sure. You're going to be in my book, you know. <laughs> right. Like, like well, a published. Right, but I'm not going to help with yeah. it, you know. <laughs> so, um, but I can see that when people come to me, and I love that initial phone call that I have with people because I just say, tell me a little bit about what your idea. And people can start talking and they falter, and then I can supply some words that keep them going, and I see it, yeah. you know. And I'm like, okay, you need to do this. This would be so great. It would help so many people. They're like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, look, you've gone through this amazing experience or you have this amazing process to offer people that will really change their life. And I kind of, and then I think, who are you to keep that to yourself? Seriously. You know, we are all here to create change in the world. We are all here to make things better for others. And, um, and that's what motivates the people that are attracted to me. Yeah. You know, so I don't get a lot of jerks and when I do, <laughs> they don't last very long. The magnet. But, yeah. 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 Now. For, you know, it's a hundred thousand dollars, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but we have to think about if you want a bigger audience, you need a bigger platform. You need to be able to address more than one to one people at a time. Mm -hmm. And a great way to do that, the great way to start to do that is by writing your book. And if you remember one of our earliest conversations, Carlo, when we talked about the way that we structure your book, and I showed you a diagram how that when the book is finished, it actually becomes the launch pad through which you can send your message out through multiple venues, whether it's through uh, speaking engagements or podcasts like we're doing here mm -hmm. or seminars or workshops or repurpose it into blog articles, etc. We have a structure that we share with you and we lead you to develop that lends itself to that because I hate doing things over again. I think when you've got a great idea, you just, you slice it up and put it out there as many ways as possible. Exactly. And that's, that was the fun part about this is I started not knowing, not knowing what I wanted to do a podcast about, but I felt like I had something I wanted to dig into. And then you helped me pull this out of me. And then from that, because there was also this, this um, we talked about the, the reluctance to share. It's not only that, it was also like, well, I'm not, I'm not done yet. I'm still learning. I look, look, look at what I've learned the last five years. I'm not, I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to write. I'm not ready oh, to write this. 
Yeah, because I've because yeah. like, well, where, where will I be five years from now? And then that's so I, I I'm not ready to tell the story yet because I'm not smart enough or I don't know enough or wise enough or whatever it might be. And so this is like a this. Well, have your mind changed about that now that we've done the book? Way I look at it now is like this, like it's like a snapshot of where where I am now on this journey and what I've learned. And that's why, that's where the idea from the podcast calling it, it's the journey was, was like, well, this, that the book was about where my journey led me to, to this point. And with the podcast, I want to keep exploring other people's journeys. And then. Well, and yours continues. So you're asking kind of a, in a sideways manner, a question that I often get from people is because when they're writing stories about their own life, you have to do it in a way, in a book, where the story ends, but your life goes on, right? Mm-hmm. And you just presented that in a brilliant way. It's like a snapshot. Yeah. Here's this period of my life where all these things were going on. I went through all these transformations, and you probably have some of these same problems. So here's how I resolve them in my life. Yes. And, and then you end it. Yes, you know? exactly. It doesn't mean... You know, I mean, if you're not learning and growing, then you're stagnant and dying. Exactly. Know? So we expect you to, to go on and to do other things. Right, right. But you have it very well encapsulated that period of 10-year time frame, I guess it was. Mm-hmm. And it is extremely meaningful. So many people have struggles about what am I really doing with my life? How did I get in this situation? Like me, when I was trapped in the, the you know, high-tech world, I, wasn't, I was just in the miserable point, not quite to the point to figure out how do I get out of it. But mm-hmm. once I got out of it, I was never going back. Yeah, that's so exciting. Uh, do you find, I, I heard this, um, I heard another interview where someone was talking about who they're writing for. Like you just pick, pick a person that you're writing for. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I hadn't, I didn't hear that till after I was already done writing, but I really, yeah. at the end of it, I'm like, if anything I'm writing, is it a combination well, we of. That, we did talk about that in the beginning. That was part of when we created a purpose statement for your book. So, which is one of the first things we do. Mm-hmm. And so we identify your audience Yep. and you knew it was people who were living kind of an okay life, but something was missing. Mm-hmm. And they weren't fulfilled, and they were t- trending towards dissatisfaction. And, so, and and that's that's where we. St- but really, um, once I started writing, in the back of my head, it was always like things I want my kids to know. I like uh, like I really wanted to articulate that and make that as clear as possible. And even uh-huh. things like if I were if I could go back in time and give this to twenty year old Carlo. To, re, to, to, to explain it in a way that may have helped me make different decisions or whatever. I know everything happens the way it's supposed to, but that's yeah. why I was... That's why I was and, and the book isn't a biography. It's just I'm using my stories to illustrate the lessons I learned. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And the lessons were that you learned to trust yourself and learn to take things one step at a time so that you could lead a really fun, fulfilling whole life. Yes. Doing the things that you love. And and so, uh, you know, you're a big point because well, it was, you know, talking about waking up from your American dream. There's nothing wrong from the Amer- with the American dream as long as it's your dream. Right. Exactly. 
But whose dream are you living? That's the question that you ask. Whose dream are you living? And, and you know, you know, we get into certain situations in life based on the way we were programmed as kids or from society or from messages that we took in and twisted to an extreme. And um, that's a universal issue with people. Mm-hmm. I really think everybody has problems with that. And part of getting older and maturing is starting to learn to know yourself. But that's the part that a lot of people shy away from. And it's, that's where all the fun is, mm-hmm. you know, that's where all the fulfillment is. Right. Good. It, it just because you can't picture yourself in another life doesn't mean that you can can't walk into something by baby steps and find something that like the day I walked into the school at, at you know, and I was old, you guys. I mean, I was old. Everybody was asked, like in their thirties and I was 45. And so, yeah. So um, anyway, it, life is so good. It is so good. Yeah. You're meant to have fun. You're meant to have joy and pleasure and fulfillment. And if you aren't, then you can walk into something else, which is what your message is. Right. And, and that, that change, because I've thought about that, um, you know, where there are people and kids in college that are partway through a degree and realize they hate it, but they're like, oh, it's too late to change now. Or they're, they've done a career for 10 or 15 years. And they're like, well, this, this is what well, I, I do. Story, I have a story about that, okay. if I could tell. Yeah. So my oldest daughter had graduated from university, Pepperdine University, and she was uh, finishing her master's work in marriage and family therapy. And she called me one day and she goes, I can't do this anymore. I was like, okay, tell me more. She said she was doing counseling through the police department in Pasadena. I don't know how she, as her internship, you know, I got to earn all these hours and all that kind of stuff. And so, so I said, well, what happened? She goes, she goes, well, there's this one lady and she's your age, mom. And, <laughs> and so she goes, she keeps coming in here every week, complaining how she doesn't have any money and none of blah and can't afford this and that. And finally, she goes, I just couldn't stand anymore. She goes, finally, I looked at her and I said, have you ever thought about getting a job? <laughs> she goes, mom. I can't sit here and listen to stupid people complain all the oh, time. No. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm glad you know that. Finish your degree, get your master's, don't do any of the work, the hours to, you know, years. Get licensed to, or whatever, get yeah. Licensed. Don't do that part. Yeah. Get your master's degree and think, I know what I don't want to do. <laughs> right. That, that's a huge part sometimes, just knowing what we don't like, what we don't want. No, it is. Yeah, yeah. it is. Um, Instead of forcing yourself to try to like something. Ex- exactly. And I did that for too long. <laughs> uh, um, one thing, the other part of it is too, is that um, in the process, and maybe I'm most curious if this is different for other people, how do, I, was th- I thought about when I, when I knew what is, I was done with it. It wasn't that I knew that I was done. It's just, I felt like, I had, I had nothing, I kept, there was nothing else to pull out of me. 
Yeah. And that's what I don't, I, I think I, I don't even know exactly how I phrased it, but I just like, I just felt like I had to like almost throw it at you because <laughs> I'm like, I can't, I can't look at this anymore. I can't read it great. again. <laughs> it's time to, get, there is a point in time when it's time to get rid of it. And so um, that's what the point you got to. And, and here's the thing about it is, which is a great point to get to because I am not a big, people often ask me, how long should my book be? Be. And my answer is always the same, not one word longer than it needs to be. Don't stuff stuff in. Don't, you know, stay on point, say what you need to say and get out mm-hmm. because your reader doesn't want to, it's like somebody who can't hang up on a phone call. Yes. Now they just linger on or on or someone who can't break up with a boyfriend. Right. Yeah. When things are over, they just need to be over. And so then for you, when you're, through writing, then it goes to us and we do all the at polish editing, et cetera. It, well, and that to me, like, that's where, like, if I had been trying to do this on my own, if somehow, somehow, like, I just worked with you on the first part and you gave me the book map and said, mm-hmm. go and prosper. I, I, I don't know that I would, I, I would have got stuck at that point. That's well, where working with a professional was helpful. Well, and I'm glad you said that and recognize that because um, writing a book, it, it's a huge thing. It's a huge undertaking. And it's kind of like going back to school and getting a master's degree. You are heads down into this focused for a period of time. When you're done with it, which we're about to release your book, then it's you'll look back on it and think, that was, yeah, it took some time, blah, blah. You just don't have the feeling of, being so involved, but any in any kind of in-depth long project, you have to stay motivated and you have to have accountability to mm-hmm. be motivated. And so in both our group masterminds and with people I coach one-on-one like you, I'm constantly coming back to you and say, where's this? Where's this? Where's this? You know, where's this? Right. And unless you have that kind of very few people, in fact, I'm I'm pretty amazed that for about people who could can just go write a book and they can do it on their own. I'm really truly amazed at that. I mean, even I follow my own process when yeah. I'm writing. Wow. I do, you know, and so um but accountability and encouragement is really important because it comes to the time where it's kind of like that second semester, your senior year in college, and you're so sick of it mm-hmm. you're so sick of it you're like all i want to do is graduate i don't care about these finals and blah, blah, blah. just keep going just keep going we're almost done keep going this is so great you know and uh, and i mean it yeah well it, it, and then but there's also like it's not just this the accountability was a piece of it but then just me not having this isn't what i i didn't go to school to be a writer you know i was a financial yeah. planner for 20 something years and so uh didn't have to think i didn't have to figure out how to edit it to fit on a page and how to like well so remarkably you're a financial planner and you wrote an incredible book so that makes my case where i say you don't have to be a writer to become an author mm-hmm. all you have to have is an idea and we will work with you to expand that idea until in the end result you you have a professionally published book that you're really proud of right now i want to sh- throw in something here about ghostwriters because people often come to me and say, I just want somebody else to write it. And I'm like, really? 
Who else knows your life and what your message? Who else has the passion for this? If you would just allow us to take you step by step by step by step through this, I think you'll find that you are, um, you know, we turn people who aren't writers into authors. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're all really well-written books. You're going to surprise yourself. And it's also going to improve all of your writing for the rest of eternity. Right. Well, with the things that we teach you. Um, but you don't have to be a writer to become an author. No. What you need to do is have an idea and an idea that is has a unique perspective on it and that it is coming from you. Well, your process, your process works. <laughs> like it really did. Like uh, I, I hadn't written anything longer than a long email for 20 something years. Time, right? School, easily, right? easily since I wrote my last paper. Yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I did, I did a little writing exercise about a few months before where I was writing a, a two or three pages just, just to kind of like, it was like a, it was almost like a combination therapy meditation thing, just writing whatever was going on in my head and writing, writing, writing. But like, th- so yeah, two, two or three pages was the most I'd written since college. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, your process then helped, helped. And again, the, the muscles every, by doing it every day, uh, the, you know, the muscles built and the, and the, and my, my, it was about easier. Yeah. And it took, it took, it was like, what I think the, but the fourth or fifth chapter is where you, you were like, yeah, yeah. It took, it took me a while to kind of find my voice and, and there was also the comfort level of, of, uh, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Of of sharing all that. Right. Um, yeah. Cool. So, and then, so let's talk about the publishing process. Cause that was like, <laughs> I, I, I hired you as my, my book coach. Like I, you know, we, I got the email from Jeff, talked to you, talked to you. I remember standing outside of rise coffee shop. Uh, when I made the <laughs> final decision, it was cold and I was, I had to stand so I could see my computer. Uh, <laughs> but I was standing outside. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I didn't know anything about your publishing business. I didn't know anything about, you know, uh, yeah, so all that whole thing. Yeah, so let me tell you how those are differentiated. So I have two book-related businesses. The first is called The Book Professor, which is where we help you write your book. At the end of it, you have a finished manuscript. If you choose to self-publish, you can do that. You can do whatever you want with that finished manuscript. Most of our clients want to be published and through a pub- professional publishing house. And so I am the owner and operator of Stonebrook Publishing, which is a nonfiction publishing house. We publish our clients' work who we help write the book. We also publish many other authors' work. So it's not just dedicated to, you know, the book professor clients. But all of our um, manuscripts that we publish have to meet our high standards and criteria of the structure of the book, et cetera. And they all have to be geared toward material that will either save lives, change lives, or transform society. So the publishing process begins after your book is finished and edited. So um, do you want me to kind of talk yeah. about those? Stuff yeah, because that was that was all I'm still learning it because <laughs> we're, we're like in well, the middle so of this it. This is where you sit back and you're done. Mm-hmm. You've turned your manuscript over to us. And so we start with doing uh, we've got you know, a staff of 
book designers, layout artists, proofreaders, editors, etc. who all, I mean, it's like a beehive, you know, over on our end for this. So I think that the first thing we did with yours, Carlo, was to design the cover, if, if I'm not correct. Correct? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So tell, why don't you talk about that? Because we gave you probably five or six cover options. Yeah. That was fun. Like, well, and, uh, it was it was a fun process of you asked me some questions and then I guess you described a little bit about the book and me to the to the to the designers. To my, one of my designers, yeah. Yeah, and then they got back several and all of them all of them I could see where they pulled the idea from. Right. And So your book is called Afterlife. Mhm. And we didn't want it to sound like going to heaven like you're dead. Right, of, right, right. <laughs> exactly. So we did some some creative things with how we broke that word into two words after in life and some creative things that we did with the font uh-huh. that matched the cover image. Yeah. And so, and that was, but like seeing the, seeing the image in, in the picture, it was obvious when I saw that one, that that's the one I liked. And yeah. that was, that was so fun. <laughs> yeah. So we start with the book cover and, um, Pretty much simultaneously while we're doing the book cover design, we're sending your manuscript um, through proofreading where we have, you know, you know, editing is different from proofreading. Proofreading is nitpicking, Mm -hmm. you know, things apart and and finding, you know, errors and stuff. And so there can be grammatical errors. And sometimes there's where you've changed, we've changed a tense, sentence tense and verb tense in one paragraph and just cleaning all that final stuff up. And then once you've approved the cover, we take the fonts and the tone of your cover and we do the layout of the book. It's a totally different designer and a whole different design process, the interior layout. And I challenge your listeners, look at some books, open them up, look how different they are. Do you know that they're all specifically designed? Um, You know, and so we do all custom design. Some people do templates and they put all their books in this four or five templates. We don't do that. They're all custom designed uh-huh. and to incorporate the look and feel of the cover of your book. So, um, and the layout is, ends up being beautiful. That's the first, you know, feeling that you get that this is a book. I'm not looking at a word document anymore. It's design. Yeah. It was yeah, so. fun to see. And you gave me choices. I think there were, I think yeah. there were at least two. Of like right. the font and the way the chapter headings looked and correct and yeah like one I was like instantly I was like oh that, I like knew right away nope yeah. that one but you've had a lot of choice in all these yeah yeah that, yeah the choices but, and, and font and and uh, yeah it, it was it was but it was fun if I would have if I was trying to self publish I would have gotten lost in all that. I would have got overwhelmed. Yes, you don't. Oh, most of the time. I mean, let's stick with our expertise, right? Let's mm-hmm. let the people who are experts in this. I don't design books. I'm not. I can't do that. But I know when I see a book cover, the way it strikes me and makes me feel mm-hmm. when it's right. It's a feeling. It's a. It's like a click. Yep. You know that feels good, and so um, yeah. I, I've and I seen think that. you experience that. Yeah. I've seen that when I when I've been on, to, like online to buy a book, an older book. 
sometimes they'll have multiple versions of the same book, and I'm like trying yeah. to draw into one. It's the exact same, exact same Moby yeah. Dick or whatever. But I'm like, ooh, I like that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, text is the same, but the cover's different. So yeah, yeah. So then we do that. So then we go through a, a process where after we've got it all laid out and designed, um, we produce proof copies. And this is where things really get real because you are holding a copy, a printed copy of your book as it would appear, you know, in a bookstore or whatever. But we always, we always find at least 30 to 40 errors in the printed copy, even after it's been edited, even after it's been proofread. It takes so many passes to get your book perfect. Because I got to tell you what, it looks completely different when you're holding it in a book than mm-hmm. it does manuscript. And so things can just jump off the page. And so that's where we are, you know, with your book. Now we're going to make those final corrections that we found and then we'll be able to release it yeah. when, when you're ready. And I'm super grateful to have all the eyes looking because, again, I first of all, sometimes I can't find my mustard in my own refrigerator and I don't have anyone to blame, but me. <laughs> when my brain is like it's supposed to be here, I don't see it. It's even it's just one shelf over. So like at this point, trying to read through and looking for commas, and I, I've read it yeah. so many well, times. I, right, and I don't expect you to find commas and stuff. That's not your job. The the what, the reason, <coughs> excuse me, we asked the author to read it. Number one is it's pretty thrilling, and a lot of people yeah. really like to. Uh, but like Carlos said. You're going to be so sick of your book by the end of it. You will have read it so many times. You'll never read it again. Yeah. You know? But you sure know what's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you wrote it and everything. But you're never going to have to read it again. You're going to just be able to share the joy of sharing it with others. It's, and it seems like there, sometimes I'll start to read through pages and my brain will just be like, I know this story. I know, I know this. Yeah. But then, then there's other times I've read, I've read a passage that really shook me. And I'm shocked at that. Like, who wrote that, right? Yeah, well, it, it's like, it, it it brings back whatever emotion that I had when I was writing that, wow. that I was trying to convey, that my brain is kind of almost forgotten about. And yeah. then I'm like, it, yeah, it brings back, it brings that back. So that'll be, it might be experience if I read it 10 years from now, you know? Cause yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've read stuff that I've published before later, and I don't even remember writing that, you know? Yeah. So I learned from my other self. It's fun. It's right. really cool. Process, so. so then once it's all done, it, then it gets then it gets put out into the world. Yeah, so we distribute um, through the world's largest book distributor called Ingram. And from there, they're, you know, you're in the catalog, it goes to, you know, all the online stores around the world and in um, Amazon, et cetera. And libraries can order it. Bookstores can order it from them. So um, you end up having a pretty wide yeah. Wide cast a wide net. Well, and then that blew me away too that you're like that you told me it's print on demand. So like I didn't yeah, have to order ten thousand runs. The brilliant thing about it is that one of the things that's scary for, for authors when they get to the point of publishing is like how many copies should I have printed? And my answer is zero. Yeah. <laughs> we have it set up on print on demand, which means your book is not printed until it's sold. So the advantages to you, the two main advantages are this. Number one, you don't have to have a lot of inventory sitting around with that you've invested in at all. You can, they'll, someone will buy a book off Amazon. 
They'll print it, they'll ship it, and they'll deposit money in your account. That's how easy it is. It's seamless. Yeah. Um, the other advantage is if you ever want to change anything in your book, it's so easy to do with digital printing because all we do is change the file, re-upload it, and now then all of them that are printed there for you know you know from there will be uh, you know the new right stuff that you have the re- in there. revised edition revised or, <laughs> yeah you know sometimes people want to print a copy that has a special um, like if if they've sold a bulk of books to a company or something like that and they want to put a header page in there okay that's to you know the employees kind of thing okay you can allows you to customize it awesome okay so that's in in your your process can we we go the name of your process yeah the whole shebang shebang. i love it (laughs) what is the whole shebang the whole shebang is when you start with this where you've got your idea we take you through the process to write your book. We publish it, and on the back end, we help you repurpose it for these other uh, venues where you can get your message out. I love it. Uh, it just it's 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 cool. Like you talked you, the little bit I knew about your kind of backstory and working through tech sales, and and that is to say, like uh, your identity as a. Uh, um, a woman who knows who she is and what she wants, and like this, this is it. The whole shebang. I love. I just. I don't know. Something about it. Really, I really loved it. So <laughs> I'm glad. I see that that was the thing that I thought. I'm not going to put that on there. That's what I call it. And then my web designer's like, "You got to put that on there. That's the best part of yeah, it." Yeah, it was so cool. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I dug it. Um, cool. So that's so we talked about people can work with you in groups. People can work with you individually. They can take it to a certain point and then self-publish or they, I don't know why you would, but like if you really want it published, it could go all the yeah. way. Um, so those are all the different ways people can work with you to get their own book done. Correct. That's awesome. Yeah. So I always like to start off with a phone call. So if people want to, you know, shoot me an email, that's a great way to get started. And so my email address is pretty easy. It's just Nancy at, thebookprofessor.com. Okay. And so I would welcome that. And then I, you know, we'd schedule a half hour chat and see what's on your mind. And then the main website is thebookprofessor.com? Thebookprofessor.com. Cool. Right. And then I'll put all that when we post, we'll post all that on the podcast episode, all your, all your information. So people. Yeah. And if somebody wants to just talk about their, I love doing that. So it's like no obligation at all. I just really like to hear what people are up to and yeah what their you know what their unique take on the world is and how they can help others so it's fun for me to do that so don't hesitate to reach out perfect and that's exactly how i felt i was like i knew what i wanted and then i felt comfortable with you which was so which is important if i if 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 our personalities hadn't matched i wouldn't have it wouldn't have worked for me and so you made it really easy uh not only for who you are but that you have you have this process that worked so well it works so well thanks cool it's been fun yeah yeah so what uh any other before we wrap up like any like what's what's the next big thing you're excited about besides being post-covid oh i would like to get post-covid <laughs> i really would um it's it would be nice to see some strangers yes <laughs> not a screen i I thought oh gosh remember walking through a mall no not really <laughs> <laughs> no 
But uh, no, it's just always good things all the time. I mean, we are working with a, a world of, I mean, my clients are international. They're all over the world. And so I, um, I just feel sorry for all of you who don't have my job because it's the most <laughs> fun thing in the, in <laughs> I've ever experienced. But no, I love working with people. I love hearing their stories and I'm just, you know, open for um, any conversations that anybody would like to have. I love it. I love that you married your passion with also a way to impact the world. Taking your taking your skill sets and help because really, you really did really your process really did pull this out of me and I am very That's grateful great. for that. That's great. Well, you've been a lot of fun to work with too, Carla. Awesome, awesome. Well, cool. Well, thank thank you so much for uh, for joining me today. You bet. And uh, cool. So yeah, I'll post I'll post all your information on the uh, when the when the podcast goes live and people will know how to find you. And uh, yeah, look forward to. So we're we're almost done. I look forward. <laughs> to the final we steps of, of my project. <laughs> Sounds good. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Nancy. Thank you so much, Carla. Okay. That was so much fun. And even after spending two years of working so closely with Nancy during the writing, editing, and publishing process, I loved how much I learned today about her journey and her and how she works with people in a way that's different than then we worked together because you saw we did the one-on-one process but she has she has group classes she has uh, videos and she has a book so there's so many ways you can tackle that with just even this same person so another thing that this this episode you know it as we listen to that it really reinforced a lot of the lessons that I learned the last 10 years that I talk about in afterlife where you know how it's important to trust yourself, how it's important to trust the process, how it's important to have a tribe of people there to help you and teach you and, and encourage you along the way to make you feel safe to do things that may, might seem kind of scary. And so having, that, having, having those three things are, is, is so important. And that's what I would hope to do when I thought about doing this podcast is that I, as, as talking with people, I would keep seeing more ex- examples of that, that... Uh, that um, expanded on what I learned for myself to not only give, you know, me, per, frankly, me more examples as I go and grow, and then and you as well. So, um, yeah. So again, so many people helped me along my way with my journey, and this project was was no exception. So you can find more, uh, or you can learn more about uh, the book professor at uh, www bookprofessor.com. And again, if you want to learn more about me and my projects, you can you can follow me on carloblog.com. And there you can sign up for a newsletter. You can like and follow the podcast. You can learn about my blog, learn more about the book, buy the book, all those fun things. And all the fun, all the social media places where you can follow someone, you can, you can, uh, Sign up or, or check me out there. Uh, so remember to listen. Listen to those things that are calling you. Say yes to those dreams. It could be something small. It could start off with a journal. It could start off with a lesson. It could talk, start off with going to the library and checking out a bunch of books on things you're, you're curious about. Listen to that, follow that, and you have no idea where it'll take you. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, until next time, Enjoy your journey. Thank you.